How's it going, guys? And welcome back to She Talk Sports. And man, does it feel good to say that again. I'm so very, very, very sorry that I missed last week's episode. I was very, very sick for the last two weeks, and I sounded horrible. And there was no way you guys could have listened to me for 30 minutes sounding horribly sick and sniffling the entire time. So I guess I did you all a favor in that sense. But yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry. Um, it was just, there was so much going on and a lot of big, big things happening in my life. So I, again, I feel like I did you all a favor, but we're back, back on the grind. Um, and there are going to be some changes happening. Uh, I wanted to kind of get these out in the open before people start asking me why things are looking a little bit different. But um, like I said, some big life changes and I will unfortunately not be coming back to UMass in the spring. You know, for those of you who know, like UMass, I, I love it here. I love Amherst. You know, this is my home, and um, I never really imagined that I'd be taking a semester and stepping away besides when I was considering going abroad, but I have the phenomenal opportunity of being asked to intern for the USOC, which is the Olympic Committee um, out in Colorado Springs in their communication department, so that's an absolute dream come true for me. For those of you who know, like the Olympics, like I said in the first episode, means so much to me, and um, I'm going to be heading out to, to the Springs and moving out there, and I've never been to Colorado, so I'm really, really excited, and um, I'm going to be living with three guys out there, which is going to be interesting, but um, all other interns, but it's going to be fun, and I'm so excited, and my dad and I are road tripping out to Colorado, so that's definitely going to be some some interesting stuff going on, but yeah, that's a big change, so um, I'm no longer going to be uh, filming episodes in my, my closet, for those of you who watch them on YouTube. Um, it's going to be a little bit different, but don't worry, next episode, not this one you're listening to, but the one afterwards, uh, that one will still be filmed in the closet, so that's going to be my, my last one here. But yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting, and I'm going to be there. I think my last day is like May 29th, so I'll be heading back home around the beginning of June, and I have about a month at home before I ship out again, and I am so very grateful to be spending another summer with NBC Sports, which is where I interned last year, but instead of going back to Stanford... I have the privilege to be traveling with them to Tokyo for the Olympics, and like I said, the Olympics mean so, so much to me, and always have, and especially, they've just been so detrimental to, to my love and passion for sport, and to be able to be in Tokyo while the Olympics are being hosted there is truly a dream come true for me, and I'm so incredibly excited. You know, I'm going to be working, like, I'm going to be working hard while I'm there, trust me, but it's, it's, it's truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I'm so grateful, and I just can't even put into words how thankful I am for, for these opportunities and for everyone supporting and believing in me. You know, my, my parents have been absolutely incredible throughout this entire process. You know, I think early on, I was so worried about telling them that I wanted to be in sport because, you know, like I said, we didn't, we're not a big sport family, but, you know, they've been so great along this whole journey and they figured out pretty early on that what I want to do, I'm, I'm not going to be stuck in Framingham forever. So they've just been so supportive of all these opportunities that have been coming my way. And I think they're starting to realize how much hard work and how much this means to me. And it's, it's truly incredible. They've been my absolute rocks throughout the entire thing. So I'm so grateful for them. But at the same time, I couldn't have done it without all my friends and all my, everyone here at UMass have done so much for me and been so crucial in my professional development. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for everyone. So thank you everyone for all the support. It's been great. And uh, the show will still go on. Trust me, it'll, it'll still be happening, but I'm, I'm really, really excited. And I'm so, so eternally grateful. But enough of that. We are into today's episode, which, you know, we're at the end of 2019, which is kind of crazy. You know, we're finishing out a decade. It's crazy. We're already at 2020, but uh, we have a lot to talk about, about what happened in 2019. It was a really big year for sport, I think. I feel like there was so, so many great moments, but 
the same time, so much drama. You know, I feel like that there's never a lack of drama in sport. And I uh, decided to talk about five of my, not my favorite necessarily controversies, but five, five big controversies that I want to talk about that happened this year. Um, and we're, we're going to get, we're going to get started with this because there's a lot that I want to cover, but, uh, this, this March we, uh, had kind of a interesting one. Um, Mr. Robert Kraft, the, uh, chairman and CEO of the Kraft Group. So, and really close to home for us, uh, Patriots fans, he was charged with, uh, paying for sexual services. We're going to leave it there. Um, at a spa down in Florida. Now, we all know there's some pretty suspicious stuff going on down in Florida, but this is just, ugh. Like, you don't even want to have this image in your head when you think about this, but it, you know, it's, it was really big in the news for a while just because of who, who he is, and um, it actually turns out that this spa that was investigated after these, these videos surfaced of Mr. Kraft, um, they were investigated by the police, obviously, and it turned out they were actually related to a month-long investigation regarding human trafficking. So there was clearly something going on with this spa down in, down in Florida. Something's going on, definitely weird stuff, and I, ugh, it was, it was just an whole, it's not an image you really want to think about, but anyway, Kraft pleaded uh, not guilty, even though, like I said, there were videos of this and let's go with encounter. There were videos of this encounter that were surfacing, um, but those were blocked in court or something. But yeah, he even turned down a plea deal from the prosecutors, but it was just a whole, it was very, very bad press uh, for the Kraft group during this time. And he doesn't exactly have the best rep to begin with. So, you know, it definitely did not help him in that sense. But speaking of gross old men, what a transition there. Um, President Trump uh, was under some scrutiny, yet again, big surprise, but this time uh, for serving fast food to the national champions, Clemson football. So this was something else that happened early in the year, but Clemson had won the college football championship. And, you know, with a lot of teams' victories coming, they set up a visit to go to the White House. Um, unfortunately for, for Clemson at that time, this visit was taking place during the government shutdown. So, you know, the White House didn't really have any resources to kind of prepare a meal for the team that they typically would where they have, like, all their chefs and everything. So um, due to the shutdown, they weren't able to do that. So instead, President Trump decided to make the decision to order in fast food from Wendy's, Burger King, and McDonald's for the players. And he even stated that he made this choice because it's what they're into. They're not into, like, salads and all this stuff. I'm like, these are professional athletes, like... Well, they, they literally, well, not technically professional, but you know what I mean. They're, they're collegiate-level athletes. You know, the last thing they need is someone paying for, like, a $3 McChicken or whatever, a chicken sandwich or a burger from fast food place, when they literally could have done that on their own time and their own dime. And I didn't mean to rhyme, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I just think it's extremely disrespectful. You know, this, this team works so hard every single year, and, they're, you know, they're, they're pushing themselves, and, they go to the White House, and this is supposed to be a big moment for them, and unfortunately, it was during a really poor timing, but, you know, you think any other president would have made a really big deal out of this visit and really gone up out of their way to, to have it either, like, catered or something, but, like, it's just, to me, it, I just found it extremely disrespectful that he didn't, that he just decided knowingly to have fast food at this celebration dinner. I don't know. It was It was definitely not something that I agreed with at all I, truly the only word I can think of it was just disrespectful and and I just it 
I, I don't know. It really, it really, really bothered me. And um, I know some people didn't really seem to mind, but again, poor timing and congratulations, Clemson. But that was just a horrible, horrible uh, issue. And the photos of it that were surfing, surfacing on Twitter, it was just, it, they did not deserve this. They really don't. And I would have just said, you know what? Let's do a different day. Just come a different day when the government shutdown's not going on, which would have obviously been difficult to plan because we didn't know when it was going to end. But still, I feel like there were so many other solutions that could have happened um, to this problem. But, I mean, of course, being our lovely leader he is, he uh, decided instead to order in fast food. So that was another one that I definitely thought I had to talk about. But heading into the summer, so uh, a little bit later, we had the surge and success of the U.S. women's national team. Um, but again, something else that happened in March, March doesn't look like a great year for 2019, I guess. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but um, the U.S. women's national team had filed a gender discrimination lawsuit against U.S. soccer, basically stating that uh, institutionalized gender discrimination affected their pay, uh, travel, playing schedule, training, medical treatment, et cetera, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, although this lawsuit is still ongoing, you know, the team's success throughout the summer, you know, after, after winning the World Cup and really just showing face and shedding so much light on this issue, it definitely just brought more awareness. And throughout the entire even lawsuit, but especially after the World Cup when there was just so much talk about the U.S. Women's National Team, I just, you know, I saw so many tweets from so many, so many people just supporting this team and supporting the cause that they're fighting for because, you know, this team says all the time that they're fighting for more than just you know, the titles and whatnot. They're fighting for so much on and off the field. And uh, I think that definitely gives me, like, hope for the future after seeing all those tweets being so supportive. But I think this is a really hard topic for, for me because, obviously, I support women's sports 100%. Absolutely. Like, WNBA, U.S. Women's National Team, anything like that. I just think it's really difficult um, in terms of trying to, to, like, pay an athlete the same amount um, because, you know, the men's World Cup brings in so much revenue in comparison to the women's World Cup. So they're making so much more money. And I think that that's difficult to say that these teams, I would say, that, I mean, the women of the U.S. women's national team is more successful than the men's team, 100% in the U.S. And, and they're de significantly more popular. And um, I just think that it's difficult because of the competitions they're playing in. There uh, is not as much opportunity for revenue. So it's kind of difficult to try and say like, oh, they should be given this amount versus this amount when the teams make significantly different amounts of money to begin with. But anyway, support the cause 100%, love it, love to see the women fighting off the pitch for something else. Uh, but they were also under scrutiny throughout the tournament a lot, you know, with being such a good team and so successful. They, a lot of people criticized them for, for being very cocky and arrogant. And one of the first few matches they played uh, in the World Cup this summer, they were accused of running up the score and over-celebrating a lot, actually. They were accused of over-celebrating th throughout the entire tournament, but basically, they had a 13-0 win over Thailand, um, and a lot of people were saying that they should stop running up the score, but, you know, this is the biggest competition in the world for these athletes. These women wait four years for this, and, you know, so these players were so young, and some of them getting their, their first debut in a World Cup, and they worked so hard for this. Why should they, like, why should they back down? You know, they're the top athletes in the world. Thailand should know that. These teams should know that coming into the sport. You know, you're playing the, the best team in the world, and I think that that really just, you know, it 
it made the team uh, have such like a, a target on their back because they were so good and um, in that game. But I just think that people were being too hard on them. You know, they're professional athletes. There were so many huge blowouts happening in sport. You know, thinking about like all the the U.S. men's basketball over the years in the Olympics. Like there were huge blowouts, and I just think that they're just under huge scrutiny right now. And I just think it's unnecessary. They're the best athletes in the world, the best team in the world. They deserve to to play how they want to. And um, like I said, there's just been so many examples, especially like even hockey over the years in the Olympics. There have been teams that were having like 20 plus goal blowouts. And it's just, it's crazy. But, you know, that's, that's sport. That's the way it is. And I just feel like these are professional athletes. They shouldn't be sore losers out there. So obviously it sucks, but that's just how the game goes. And the fine, there was throughout this entire tournament there was a lot of a lot of issues going on with this team and my one of my favorite ones is uh Megan Rapino. she is uh arguably the face of this this women's national team and she's very vocal about uh, her opinions not afraid not afraid to say what she feels and she um in an interview was recorded saying that she would not go to the White House um if the team were to win, and President Trump, of course, being the man he is, taking all of his problems to, to problems at Twitter, tweeted saying that she should instead focus on winning before making those comments. And how ironic! They did win, and they st- they just did not go. It's just I just thought it was funny because he was calling her out and said she could focus, she should focus on winning, and then she goes and ends up winning like Golden Boot and Best Player of the Tournament, all this stuff, and they won the World Cup. So it just like it just dug a little like a, a little jab at, at President Trump. So, you know, that was that was great. But it's just there's I feel like there's so much controversy around this team. People love to hate this team, but you know what? They're the best team in the world. They they have the trophies to show for it, the team to show for it. And I think it's gonna be interesting to watch them as they develop now, uh, without Jill Ellis, their their coach who stepped down. But I don't know, I just think like I said, people love to hate this team, but they're the best in the world. You can't argue about it. And, you know, there are so many people out there that love this team and support this team. But that there was a lot about them this year. And I think that also drama brings a lot of awareness to the team. And I know people hate the saying, but, you know, like all any press is good press. You know, it's bringing a lot of light to this team and what they're, what they're working towards. But anyway, another incident coming out of March, which, again, I said a pretty problematic month for 2019. But... Um, this was kind of a long, ongoing controversy, but it's basically all the controversy that was, you know, surrounding Antonio Brown, who is an NFL player. Um, he was traded from the Steelers to the Raiders, but he never actually suited up for Oakland because he hurt his feet in cryotherapy, and then he refused to play uh, over, like, a, a helmet dispute uh, during training camp. So this is the first thing. So the first thing is he gets traded to the Raiders and doesn't end up playing. And then there's all this stuff that happens with the helmet. And then he demanded to be released after all this happens in like a weekend. But the team eventually just cut him. And he, within hours of being cut, he got picked up by the Pats. So throughout this entire weekend, from him you know, being traded to the Raiders and then just that same weekend being dropped and then being picked up by the Pats, all of every single person on campus, like every single person's sport notifications were crazy. I, I was getting so many notifications about him being traded, him being here, him being here, picked up. Like it was a crazy time for sport. Everyone was checking their phones, but yeah. So that first incident happened. 
with Antonio Brown. So just, you know, when things started to seem good with him, you know, he was training with the Pats, made it, to, made it to New England, he even played his first game. There were allegations that arose, and he was accused of rape and appeared to in- intimidate another woman who had accused him of sexual misconduct. So this is obviously a lot of negative press that no one wants Um, surrounding a player, especially a player that already had controversy prior to being picked up by the Pats. So this this guy was just, the controversy just seems to follow him, but, you know, amidst all of this chaos around Antonio Brown, um, the Patriots ended up cutting him, um, and he's now remains unsigned, uh, even after apologizing to the NFL. And, you know, he just recently was, like, asking for another chance after his inexcusable behavior but you know Antonio Brown's agent's fully convinced that he's going to be playing again soon um, but it just seems like no matter where this man goes there's always controversy sticking to him like glue so who knows you know he's a good player but it's unfortunate that things like this happen but you know it's it I'm kind of in a sense glad that it happened but we'll see it was just a crazy chaotic uh chaotic time for Antonio Brown but that is the fourth one, so that's our, we're on to our fourth and now our fifth and final uh, controversy. This one was more towards the end of the year, so we were pretty top-heavy in this episode about the episodes, or not about the episodes, about the controversies that were happening in the beginning of the year, but this one was, was later, just this fall, and I had to throw this one in because the memes that were being put out by, like, particularly Barstool made me and my friend Nindu laugh for a solid week because it was just so funny, but anyway... The NBA in China, we need to talk about this. Um, Basically, there were a bunch of protests happening um, in China, and Daryl Morey, (laughs) the Houston Rockets GM, tweeted a message supporting the Hong Kong protesters. So that just caused a lot of backlash from mainland China, um, and because of this, many of the Chinese sponsors were pulling out of deals with the Rockets and the NBA, which is a huge loss because the NBA makes billions and billions of dollars in the Chinese market. And all of this controversy was happening right when the NBA was traveling to China to play for their preseason games. The Chinese love the NBA. They love basketball. So this is definitely a, it took a huge hit for the NBA. This, this one tweet, it's crazy, but it was there was just a lot of chaos, a lot of people coming out making statements. You know, the NBA was under con- or uh, was people were there was controversy surround. I couldn't think of the word right there. There was controversy surrounding the NBA based off of how they handled the situation too, and how they responded um, with their statements after Daryl Morey's tweet. But it was just it was chaotic. There was just so much stuff coming out of like NBA in China and all this stuff coming out, and more people. Tweet, like tweeting about supporting and all this protesting and it was it was just a really 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 bad luck for the NBA who literally makes so much money from from the Chinese market but I just think that I it I just see like it just seems like Twitter is causing so many problems for people right now it's just like just I just feel like these guys should just, someone should be telling them like you maybe shouldn't post this you know I think about that all the time with our with our uh, lovely president, who was just letting this happen. But, yeah, anyway, the NBA in China thing was was crazy, and um, there was so much, and LeBron got involved and all this stuff. But 
you know, it, at the end of the day, the winners truly were all of us who love memes because the stuff coming out of Barstool was so funny. They were making all these shirts with LeBron and like it was him supporting the protest and there was stuff written in Chinese. It was just, it was so funny. And I feel terrible saying this, but it, it, it truly made me laugh for, for a solid, uh, solid week. But yeah, I mean, those were my top five controversies for the year. Uh, trust me, there was plenty more to choose from. Uh, and I feel like in sport, there there's always going to be controversy. It, it, I always feel like I wake up, there's something else going on. But, you know, on a, a happier note, next episode, we're going to be talking about some of my favorite uh, sport moments of 2019, whether that be um, some heartfelt stuff or just some great success stories. But I am I'm really, really excited about that one. I think there's no better way to wrap up the year and crazy but wrap up the decade uh we're gonna be starting 2020 soon but yeah i'm curious to to hear if anyone can guess what some of my favorite moments were um and if you do i'm gonna be actually pretty impressed because i think i've got some different ones but definitely some ones that that are pretty obvious but uh again i am so grateful for everyone who have supported me outside of the podcast but you know for the podcast as well you know it's it's like i said i it was actually really funny i was at uh i was out this weekend and I had a girl come up to me who I don't, I don't really know, but she told me she loved the podcast and it just made me like, it just made me so happy. I didn't even know what to say. And um, it's just things like little things like that and hearing people like get excited about the episodes. And, you know, I think my mom's my biggest fan. She's always posting on her Facebook when a new episode comes out. So it's, it is just really cute and I really appreciate it. And I'm actually really excited going into 2020. I think there's, you know, I've got a lot of things I'm excited about, a lot of ideas and uh, I think one of the guys I'm moving in with in Colorado Springs actually runs his own podcast as well, so it'll be fun to to kind of collaborate with him. And yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm really excited for what's to come in this year, and I'm looking forward to sharing all of my experiences with you. And I'm definitely going to be active on social media. I think my social media game is going to be stepped up for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really really excited, and it's just like I said, moving to Colorado Springs and heading out to Tokyo truly dreams come true for me. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. But uh, until then, until next, nope, two Sundays from now. So until two Sundays from now, uh, thank you for watching and listening. I guess this one was a little bit shorter because I only had five things I wanted to go through. But yeah, thank you guys for watching. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at She Talks Sports Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you don't already. That's where you can watch my lovely face while I do these episodes. Uh, and make sure you check out the show on Apple and Spotify podcasts. A lot of people have actually been saying that, you know, Spotify does a whole, um, like wrapped up thing at the end of the year. So it shows you like all the songs you've been listening to or how many minutes you were listening, your top artist songs or whatever. And it was funny. I had a few people saying that I was their, their top listen to podcast. And that was just so cute. I, I love everyone. Everyone's so great. And I appreciate all the support, but yeah, check it out. On Apple, Spotify, podcast, if you're looking for something to listen to during car ride, why not listen to my voice for 30 minutes? But anyway, best of luck to everyone going through finals right now. We will get through it. We are all grinding through it. Um, everyone stay sane, and I will see you all soon. Peace.